Easter. Well, Easter's kind of an interesting time of the year. Jesus, as he was getting ready for the cross, you see, this is the time of year when we remember Jesus went to the cross. And before he did, he said something really amazing in Luke, in Luke chapter 22, and in verse 15, Jesus said, I've eagerly desired... Do you know what eagerly means? It means it's like, it's really been the most biggest thing I've been looking forward to. Who's had Easter eggs? Were you looking forward to chocolate? I know some chocoholics in the church. I won't name any. Easter's a good excuse for some chocolate, isn't there? What Jesus was looking forward for, what he was eagerly excited about, was to eat the Passover. To eat the Passover with his disciples before he suffered because he said something amazing was going to happen next. So the Passover was really significant for Jesus. And we just want to kind of have a look at that uh, as part of Easter because when God did things with us and the Jews, as we read about that, we find there's a parallel. Something that God did then that really meant something now. And so we're just going to have a look at it because I have, how many of you know what the Passover is? Oh, not many. I can just see a few hands kind of, a few hands going up. Okay, so if you're not really sure, well, the far, Passover, it's a Jewish festival. It's, uh, it's the major festival of the year. It's, it's a, a special meal. That's what a festival means, but it's, it's not just one meal, it's, it's several really. But one of those meals was like the, the, the center point of it all. And uh, we're going to look at some of that a little bit this morning, and we're going to taste some of it. Oh, anyone feel hungry? Your dinner on in the oven. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll stay quick then, shall we? Because it happened once a year, every year. Every year, the Jews came together and they had a big feast. They had lots of other feasts, but this was kind of like the special one. And uh, everyone had to be involved. So have you invited your aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters? Is there anyone missing from the family this morning? We've got Beck's back, so we've got our family back and Joe's around and Abby and Chris. I can see them waving at the back. So, because they had to do something, they had to tell a story. They had to tell the story of Exodus. And uh, in Jewish uh, telling of this, there's actually four sons when they tell about this. So, uh, uh, I I thought about having four people up, but uh, I didn't want to label anybody. So I think we better have some guys because they can cope with being labelled, don't you? So we'll have Radic and Barney and Dave and oh, uh, John. Just line up along here, please. The, the, these guys—they—they they are uh, four sons. Four sons. You see the the family likeness. This is the wise son. This is the wicked son. This is the foolish son. 
this son, yeah, there isn't actually a name for him. Good thing he's accepted and loved, eh? This son, he's a wise son. Doesn't know why. Why would you be a wise son? Well, maybe you should ask me a question. What's all about? That's a very good question. See, it's very, you know, it's really, that's very wise, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, uh, this, this son, um, he, a wicked son, because he wants to know. So what does it mean to you? That is a terrible question. That's terrible. That is a really awful question. It's what does it mean to us? Because you just excluded yourself from all that God wants to do. Oh, my goodness. That is really wicked. Yeah, you're the foolish son, I'm afraid. Can you repeat the question, <laughs> please? That's the problem. My foolish son doesn't ever listen. Repeat the question, please. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's the problem. He doesn't even know what he's supposed to ask. Now this is this is this is a, a Jewish uh, tradition, and they have the four sons, and they make them do this. Thank you very much, guys. There's there's something about just some straightforward questions. What is? Just tell us what this is about. The next one is a foolish, or is a wicked question, which is, what does it mean to you? When we ask what's it to do with you, we're saying, and I don't want to know about it. And God finds that offensive. But then there's the foolish son who's like, he never really listens, doesn't know. What was that again? Hang on a minute. And then there's others that just, they don't even give any thought. There's some people that don't give any thought to what God wants to do. But I wonder how many people remember what the Passover's about. So we have got a storyboard. We have a storyboard. We need some people to help us with the storyboard. Because this is actually not a legend. This is actually a real event that happened in history. And so we're going to see how many of you can remember the story. So I'm going to wander around with a microphone. And uh, Pastor Claire is going to do some drawings so over to you, Pastor Claire. Okay, first of all, I want to apologise for my drawing. <laughs> Just regard this as Pictionary. But we're going to tell the story here uh, that is told at the Passover. So I'm going to give you some clues. So this is the first part of the story. Okay, so the Israelites, they were in... All right, Nemaro. What can you see that? What do you think it is? The Israelites in Egypt. And what do you think that is up there? A chain. What do you think chain might mean? If you were in chains, what would you be in? Jail. In jail or in slavery? Yeah. That's good. So in jail or in 
chains might mean slavery. All right. If you go up the front, you'll find, uh, next to Bex, you'll find some sweets up there. Okay, so the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And they did something. Any clues what's happening there? <laughs> Is that awful? Uh, I, I, anyone got any ideas what this is? It's a microphone and it's waving for help and he's shouting to wave for help. And what do you think that really is? What does that mean? Praying. 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 Oh, right. That was good. Well, well prompted that. If you go up the front, you'll find a suite up there waiting as well. So, are we telling the story up? Oh, so yes. So, okay, so they were in slavery in Egypt, and the Israelites, they cried out to God, and they cried, help! And so God replied by doing what? <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember what happened next? Oh. By now, nobody wants me on their team for Pictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Who might this be? I can see some hands up over here. Is it when um, God told Moses to part the sea? Not quite. We're not there yet. When Moses' mum put him in the basket, that's excellent. Come out the front and come get a suite. So God replied by sending Moses, but Moses' mum had to hide him in the bulrushes so that he wasn't killed. But somebody found him. Who found him? We're going to give her a chance to find out this drawing. What do you think that drawing looks like? A castle. A castle. Who lives in a castle? A princess, a king, a queen, a prince. Yeah. And do you know who it is in this story? The princess. The princess or the pharaoh's daughter, wasn't it? That's really good. So if you've got the front, you can get a suite too. Okay. So found by pharaoh's daughter and brought up in the palace. But as Moses got older now, so we're fast forwarding, and he saw something happen. He saw something happen, and he did something that wasn't very good. So what did he do? What did he see, and what did he do? Oh, we have an adult here. What did did Moses see, and what did he do? Well, he saw two people fighting. One was a from Egypt and one was a slave from Israel and he killed the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian. Oh dear. Would you like to go and get a... Would you like a sweet? (laughs) So, Moses ran away and he ran away into the desert and when he was in the desert he became... What did he do? Uh, I see someone over there saying, whispering some answers, and I think he's right. A shepherd. Yeah, he's a shepherd. That's right. He was a shepherd. He became a shepherd. You're a he- Okay, and one day he went a long way from the camp to a special mountain, and on Trying that special mountain, 
He came across something. What did he come across? The burning bush. That's right. <laughs> Where were you doubting yourself? A burning bush. What happened? Um, Oh, well, someone's gone very shy. They actually, know, they actually said the answer. That's why I came over here. What's the There's answer? a burning bush and God spoke. And God spoke. Woohoo! What did God tell Moses to go and do? He told him to do something. Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. <laughs> yeah, he did. The At the burning bush. Yes, he said, me. take your shoes off. But he told him to do something. Go back. To Egypt. Yes, to go Let's back say, to wonderful. Egypt. If you'd like to go and get a sweet, you may. Oh, one of the children can go and get a sweet. First one there gets it. So, so what happened next? Oh, what do you think is happening next? Hmm. So, looks like someone's saying something. What do you think might be said? Let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. Okay, so Moses went to visit somebody. Who did he go and visit, though, Alan? Ooh. Who did he go and visit to say, let my people go? Was it Pharaoh? Right, well done. Went to Pharaoh, that's right. And what did Pharaoh say? Uh, no. Oh, big no. Both of you go and get sweet then. No. Not the front. Oh, dear. But then... Something else happened. I wonder who can guess what these drawings actually look like. I wonder if I can. He turned, Moses turned the water into blood. Turned it into blood, that's right. And what else? Uh, and then, and then, hail came. Hail came, well done. And then... Uh, Drawn really well. What's this? In what's, the, that? what's that? Uh, uh, that. That's darkness. Right. Well that's done. right. And what you th How many of them were there? How many problems were there? Uh, problems. Ten. Ten. And what was the last one? Well, the angel that and everyone had to kill, kill and out. Um. But you got all that right. You got it all right. Well done, you. But Alan, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't think one of these is just a problem. <laughs> the, what are they called? Plague. More like a plague. They're plagues. Okay. And because of the plagues and because of this last one, which was that every firstborn of all the people and of all the animals was going to be killed, God told the Israelites to do something, didn't he? What did he tell them to do so that they won't, wouldn't die? Go to another land. Go to another land. That came next. Who can remember what they had to do? They put a red cross on the door. A red cross? Not quite. Nearly. Blood. To put blood on the door. That's right. That's right. So it was the blood was all over the door. So you want to go and get sweet from up the front? Oh, it's coming to you. Even better. That's it. That's it? Was I that think, really? I think so. Oh. Is there so, more? Well. It, is there more? There is a lot more. You see, 
it said that they had to remember what happened because everywhere where the blood covered the door, death couldn't come in. And that is what we are going to remember this morning because the Passover meal, and we need the table because we've got some stuff to, uh, to see and taste. Because I don't know about you, but I like food. Have you noticed? God seems to like his people feasting because every time that it talks about something that God did, it says we have to remember what God did. And so what we have here, we have some food. It's not just any old food, though. It's what Jesus wanted to do. He wanted to celebrate the Passover. So we read about this. We've got two plates here, and it's got food on it. And uh, the food that's on here is uh, special types of food. Do you remember what these items are and what they mean to us? Well, let me tell you a story. The Passover meal was a symbol that Israel was to remember that God delivered them out of slavery, out from under death, So all these items here on this table, they're symbols of God's goodness and what he did. And so we're just going to uh, point out some of these because they actually, each one of them means something. And uh, it's called a cedar plate, but it, yeah, it's called a cedar plate. So who wants to try some of my food? This, This here is uh, it's parsley. Have you ever had parsley before? <clears throat> what you're supposed to do is you take that piece of parsley and you dip it into that water. So you come up here, dip it into that and eat it. Ooh. What does that taste like? Salty. A salty. And what's the herb taste like? Kind of peppery to me. Kind of peppery. What do you think? Nothing. You think it tastes like nothing? (laughs) Well, it's parsley. Parsley is a symbol for hyssop, which is a herb which is about cleansing. And it's dipped in the water, salty water, because the salty water reminds us of the tears, because Israel were crying their eyes out before God and needed him to come and cleanse them. All right, so then there's something else that you might want to taste a tiny little bit of this. This might be a little bit hot. It's not too bad, but if you try that, do you? You like hot stuff, do you? It's not hot. Well, there you go. There you see, these are true true Africans who know what they like. (laughs) Go on then, all in. Looks like you need to put hot sauce on that. What is it? It looks like hummus, but it's hot. It's spicy. It's spicy. Horseradish. Horseradish, that's right. Yeah, it's horseradish, because that's, that's one of the uh, bitter herbs. It's a symbol of suffering. You're supposed to go through suffering, or rather it's a symbol of the suffering that you were going through. And the fact that God wants to remember suffering happened and it's not supposed to be happening anymore. Ah, you see, that's the thing is when God brings deliverance, it means that suffering's removed. 
And so the only way you can remember suffering is to have something that tastes like suffering or remember, uh, remind you of that. So then there's something called Haraseth. Now this stuff, if anyone's allergic to nuts, you can't try this. Yeah, he liked the hot stuff, but didn't like this stuff. This is sweet. It's, this is uh, Harasaf. It's, it's apple and walnuts mixed together with uh, uh, red juice, red grape juice or wine. And uh, it's supposed to look like mortar. It's supposed to look like the concrete that you put between the stones to remind them that oh, they had to build the bricks. They were building the pyramids. So that stuff looks like concrete, but doesn't quite taste like it. <laughs> they don't like it. I thought that was the stuff they would like. Now, what do you think the egg is a symbol for? Uh, the, the stone that was over Jesus' tomb, that's one of the, the uh, symbols, yes. But in terms of the Jewish Passover, this egg is a symbol of memorial, sort of memorial stone. It is a symbol of um, mourning because the temple was destroyed. So just as they had to build pyramids that stood for ages, the temple that they built was destroyed. But it also speaks of resurrection because it's about new life as well. So it's talking about the new temple that is going to be born again, birthed again, built again. So you're supposed to take that. So just break that into bits. It's hard boiled, you see, because they're, they're very... They... The Jews, God described the Jews as being hard-headed. Therefore, anything to do with them building had to be hard and boiled because they were very stubborn people. That's what God said of them. I don't think God, I like that God's saying that about you're supposed to dip that egg in the salt water too. <laughs> All right. So what do you think this is? Lettuce. Lettuce. It is actually a lettuce. It's a special kind of lettuce though. It's called a romaine lettuce. All right, so if you want to try some of that, lettuce, pull a bit off. That's right. <laughs> See, veg is good for you. Helps you remember. Don't go back into slavery. This is all a remembrance so that God has set you free from something you're not supposed to go back to. Ah. So is it taste sweet? What does it taste like? To me, it has no flavor, just plain. I know. Well, lettuce isn't really very inspiring, is it? That's why we have to tart it up with all kinds of salad dressings to make it edible. Slightly bitter, that's right. It's a bitter herb. Uh, again, it reminds of the suffering. It was a symbol of the suffering. But there's something special on the plate. Have you seen this? Oh, I don't know about you, but that's lamb. Do you think you fancy some lamb? Yeah. The do you want to go and get a piece from up the end there? Because that looks really yummy. Do you know why? There's a lamb, though. The lamb, you might want to dip that in the horseradish. <laughs> or you might want to have it with the apple and the other bit. Lamb is the animal that you had to put the blood of it around your door. You had to eat that lamb. But I need someone to come up here with a coat and their rucksack. And their shoes. Has anyone got a rucksack with them? A backpack? Right, run fast and bring your bag and your coat and put everything on. All right. Okay. Come on then. We've got two here. Because you have to eat with your staff in your hand, your coat on, 
your belt all sorted out so you can run because God's got his deliverance right here, right now. While you eat this dinner, you're supposed to be ready to go because God's called you to the ends of the earth. Ah, so I've got one more thing that I've got to do. You see, we're going to, there's three pieces of bread here. It's unleavened bread. But what I've got to do is I've got to break it in half. And it's called the Trinity. These three pieces of bread that are part of the Passover meal are called the Trinity. There's three pieces of this. One of them gets broken and hidden away. Hide and seek. You saw where I put it, did you? You see, it's called the hidden manna. It's the hidden manna that's hidden word. So someone needs to go and find it. Oh, that, that wasn't very hard, was it? You can take that and share that out. You can all have a piece of, of that bread. Okay. You see, the sacrifice that Jesus made was different because every year Israel had to do this. But when Jesus was sent, God sent his son to be the once and for all time sacrifice so that deliverance could happen. And I just want to explain that a little bit more. You see, the piece of bread that we look at, it's got holes all over it. This is the bread. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. If anyone eats of me, he will have eternal life. And that's what we read about right at the start in Genesis. We see God created man in a garden with everything in order, man and woman, he created them together. And it says that everything was good. And when God made man, it was very good. God made man to live with him. And God walked with man and talked with man and woman in the garden. But what happened was sin entered. It got broken. It got broken. That fellowship with God got broken. And instead, instead of having freedom and liberty, slavery, sin, wrong desires began to rule over man. And God had to send his son. And what it says in Isaiah, it says he carried our infirmities. So he took our infirmities, he carried our sorrows. We considered him stricken by God, but he was pierced. And this bread is pierced as a symbol of what sin does to the sinless. You see, this bread has no yeast in it. Yeast is a symbol of sin. But this bread has been pierced even though it has no yeast. See, the Israelites were doing things that they didn't even understand that spoke about Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. The bread that was pierced, the middle piece, the Trinity, the piece of the Trinity that was hidden away was hidden so that you and I could find him. It was hidden away so that we would find him because the punishment that bought it didn't just buy, it brought us, but it actually it purchased us. The word is bought on brought. It means to buy. It bought us peace with God. 
He was pierced. The sinless one was pierced so that we, and I don't know about you, but I, when I look at myself in the mirror now, there's no one else around. I kind of know what I'm really like. Things that I really want, people I'm annoyed with, cross with, and, and you know, I just get upset about stuff. But God works to change my heart and set me free from anger, to set me free from bitterness, to set me free from the way people have hurt me, rejected me. And he does the same for every one of us because every one of us suffers the same things. We're under slavery, it affects us. Stress in the workplace, this constant need to work, to try and create wealth for our families to live, causes problems to us physically. We're, many of us are getting a little bit older. Many of us would like to get a little bit older. But God says that he set a table before us. And Jesus, at that last supper, he took the bread and he said, this is my body. It's given for you. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood given for you. And at Easter, this is what we remember. Not just that God took Israel out of slavery, but that God so desired us that he sent his only son to bring us out from the slavery of serving the devil, being ruled by him, being destroyed by him, and come into the new life that God has for us, that's a table prepared for us. It talks about this, that Jesus said, I've gone before you, I go before you to prepare a table. My father and I, we stand knocking at the door, but it's the door of your heart. If any man will open the door, my father and I will come in and we will dine with him. Isn't that amazing? That God wants to be so part of your life and part of my life that we are able to enjoy not just a quick meal, but a carefully prepared meal that's got all kinds of symbols. No more tears. Salt water. No more tears. Hyssop or parsley. Cleansing. Suffering removed. The lamb. See, that animal was killed for life for other people. But Jesus had so much life in him that even when he was killed, he came back to life again. He triumphed over the death. You and I, we have loved ones that have gone to glory, that have died before us, that we want to see again. But you know what? We're going to see God more fully, even as he knows us. And today is the greatest celebration in the calendar. We remember Jesus died and rose. The death wasn't the end of the story. But freedom and liberty were ours as a gift. That we are given then God's life here on the earth as well as eternal life in the future. Brilliant. That's really interesting. I didn't actually know some of those things, so I've learned something today. Um, and Pastor Alan mentioned several different, lots of different things there. Um, but I really believe there's something for each of us to respond to today. And, you know, some of you have been, have been living in something that's been controlling you, that you've been bound by chains like the Israelites were, and you've been a slave to something that you shouldn't be a slave to. And 
you know, God wants to deliver you this morning. He has delivered you and He wants you to walk in that this morning. There are some of us that for the first time we need to trust in what Jesus did on the cross and we need to actually receive that salvation of what he accomplished and receive the life because this today isn't about his death today is about the life that he brought us and some of us are not living fully in that life and it's time for us to fully receive afresh the life that Jesus died and rose again to give us and for some people it might be the first time that you've heard anything like this it might be your first time in a church it might be the first time you've heard about this Jesus and we want to invite you this morning that to come ask more questions but if you are in a place where you want to find out more or where you want to go yes I'm ready for this life I want this life as my own pray just all that means is to talk to God and just say God I want this life and just you respond in your own way whatever that is for you